Welcome back to another episode of Wild Baby. I'm your host for the day, Maddie Wong, the other half of the Wild Baby gang. Wild Baby is here to provide people of color, gender identity, and sexual expression a safe community that will allow everyone to grow, learn, and heal. Disclaimer, I am not a licensed therapist, sexologist, or claiming that I know everything. I am just part of a community who wants to have interesting conversations that will hopefully allow every one of us to heal. All right, well, baby, today is a little bit different. Jay and I decided to do solo session to vent or to talk about whatever that is relevant in our lives. Well, today I would like to take this opportunity to do some self-healing and read an apology slash love letter to my younger self. Something that I've been working on with my therapist for some time now. This Minnesota is a very intimate and candid experience for me. So let's get cozy, step into that positivity, and let's get vulnerable. Wild baby. Wild baby. Wild baby? Wild baby. Dear Maddie. Hi. We haven't talked in a while. If you're wondering, we're doing great. We are almost 30. I know, I know. We always said that we probably won't live past 25, but we did. And trust me. We are happy that we did. We're still a little bit espresso depresso, but we're happier than ever. Not only that, we're doing things that we didn't think of doing when we were younger. We are thriving in our own ways. We are a creative photographer, a badass mom, an amazing wife, a successful content creator, and most importantly, we have finally found our voice. We are not afraid of saying what's on our mind and we are not afraid of speaking up for ourselves and for others. I want to take the opportunity today to apologize and to show you that I love you so much. I'm so sorry that I was always too hard on you. I, like, I let you down and I let you down again and again by not listening to what you really needed. Instead, I let other people's opinion of you take the spotlight and silenced you. Not only that, but I let go of who you were for the sake of making other people in our lives happy. I never stood up for you and I let people hurt you time after time. I hurt you deeply too. And for that, I truly apologize. Furthermore, I really let your insecurity take control over your decisions when I could have stopped all that from happening and prevent some of the heartaches that you endured. I never told you that it's okay to feel sad or angry or disappointed. Instead, I beat you up for feeling all these feelings and let you dwell in it and left you. I told you countless times that you are not worthy of love, 
that you are not worthy of life itself. I was wrong. You are. You are worthy of those things. I'm sorry it took me 28 years to say all these things to you. But you are worthy of love, happiness, and life. You are very loved. And your worth is not defined by what others think of you. I love you for who you are. I love you for being the quirky, funny, and a ball of energy girl that you are. Your creativity is what helped us survive this world. I love that so much. I love that you are a smart ass. You are beautiful, smart, and authentic. You are right where you need to be. You are strong. And I know right now, you are not that confident in yourself yet, but trust me, you will have that confidence and it will blow your mind away. Always remember that no matter what, I love you. I love you more than anything else you've ever imagined. We made it, Maddie. We found that happiness again and we're okay. So that was a little bit intense. I want to take a moment to take some deep breaths and to practice box breathing before I continue talking. So we're gonna take four seconds of deep breath and then we're gonna hold for another four and then we're gonna exhale four seconds and then we're gonna hold for another four. Ready? One, two, three. All right, that was perfect. Hi, Wild Babies. So that was a little bit intense. <laughs> I decided to take a little bit more time to, I guess, expand on this topic. Um, my Like I said in the beginning, my therapist and I, we have been working on me writing this letter, our conversation, always leads back to my childhood, um, my teenage years. I feel like that's when, especially my teenage years, that's when I was, um, I don't want to say problematic, but that's where all of my mental health issues starting to develop. And because I never got proper, um, I never got proper help other than um, other than the church but even then that was not it, it was not the proper help either um, I just I was really depressed and they told me that I need Jesus for some people that may be true that may be what they needed but it wasn't what I needed and 
I didn't fight to get more help or I didn't have anyone that would give me proper help. Like I'm not saying my family neglected me or that my growing up situation was the worst. It was not. It really wasn't. I I grew up pretty privileged, um, especially being in Indonesia. But it doesn't mean that the feelings that I felt or my mental health situation back then was invalid. I I remember that I this is kind of like a a difficult topic for me to talk about. Like it's it's not something easy for me to talk about and even when I talked to my therapist about this, it took a little bit of time until until everything kind of comes into light and like even when towards the beginning of my relationship with Julio, this topic kind of came up and it was hard for me to talk about. It was hard for me to express how I was. Anyway, so I guess, I guess let's go back to when I was 13 years old. That's when I started feeling sad. <laughs> I started feeling sad around 13 and then around 15, I was really depressed. I started um, trigger warning, trigger warning. If you want to skip this part, you should, because there's going to be self-harm. <laughs> when I was around 15, I started cutting and I was smoking heavily. Well, not really heavily because I had to kind of hide from my parents, from everyone at home. I was drinking a lot. Again, not really a lot, a lot because like I said, I have to kind of hide it from people around me. And I also try to take my life several times. I did ask for help from my teacher, one of my teacher. I actually, I, I remember this vividly, like this happened yesterday. We were all waiting. I was waiting to get picked up. Some of my friends are getting picked up. They were leaving the school premises and two of my teachers were outside. We were just, and this is like, this is one of the teachers that I really trusted. He, he's super amazing. He really cares for us students and he knows how to get to us. You know what I mean? Like he knew how to connect with us. He was just outside with us, the students waiting for, yeah, for, for the students to get picked up. And he knew, I think, or I think like the teachers knew that something's going on with me. Uh, but I, I don't know exactly if they, if they really realized or I don't know, like, or if they just kind of figured that, oh yeah, no, she's just super moody. She gets super angry in the morning and then throughout the day, like it kind of, uh, she kind of just started to cheer up or whatever. I begged him. I begged him to get me antidepressant. I learned about antidepressant. I learned about all these mental health drugs uh, from my health book, uh, from my health class. And I don't, I don't exactly remember, I think, from what I remember, they didn't really mention anything about, um, they didn't mention any of the benefits of being on, on these drugs. All they mentioned was all the side effects. Uh, like if you take antidepressant, you might feel numb. 
um, you might start to hallucinate or all these things. And this is also coming from a Christian curriculum. So all these things that I knew about, I learned from movies. I learned from some of my friends, but never really, I never really actually learned it from school or my teachers. I remember also asking my, one of my best friends, she's the daughter of the principal. I asked her, Hey, you should, you should tell your mom that we need a counselor, you know, like a school counselor. And I think some of the other students, they really liked that idea too. And I think we actually had a teacher that kind of act as a school counselor, like a student counselor for us, but she's, she wasn't qualified if that makes sense and yeah so it was like those years were really really it was hard on me it was bad like i think a lot of, a bunch of my friends they all just thought that oh here comes the depressed girl because i was i was really really depressed um but yeah i rem i just remember that vividly that i i begged my teacher if he could get me antidepressant because i didn't know where to get help i didn't know where to go obviously he didn't <laughs> he didn't give me anything he just i i don't even remember what he said but growing up every time i act up or every time i'm sad or I'm, I'm moody i get i'm upset i'm angry it's like all of these feelings they got invalidated and i never learned how to deal with that like I really never learned how to deal with that until until I was 28 years old. This was two years ago. That's when I started going to therapy because I wanted to be a better person. I wanted to be a better mom for Zoe. I wanted to be a better wife for Julio. I just want to be better because I knew I was not happy. Something that I told Julio because he thought that he's not making me happy. It was not that. Like I told him my happiness is not your responsibility. I just I just am not happy. I haven't been happy in a long time. I told him that somewhere along the way of growing up, I lost myself and I don't know how to get her back. I don't know how to find her back because 2 years ago, 3 years ago, all I wanted was to go back to high school Maddie was to go back to middle school Maddie because middle school Maddie and high school Maddie, even though she was depressed, she still have a bit of happiness in her. I guess I wanna say this was before I actually fell into deep depression. And before that I was happy, you know? I actually had joy and it was hilarious. I was, like I was hilarious. Like I know people use the word clown as like a negative connotation. But back then, I really was the clown of my group. Like I was the clown of the school. Like I was the clown at home. I make everyone laugh. I just, I got jokes all the freaking time. But I lost that. I lost that when I told my uncle, hey, I am depressed. Hey, I am not happy. Hey, I want And my uncle, was like well you need to talk to your mom you need to talk to your parents about this so he did he we were all in the in the dining room and we were just you know having dinner and then my uncle was like talking to my mom 
um, sis, I, and then he turned around, he looked at me and then he was like, I can tell her. Yeah. I'm going to talk to her. I'll tell her. And my mom was just like, tell me what, tell me what. And I was just like, no, uh, uh, no, don't, don't tell my mom. And she was like, tell me what, just tell me. And my uncle was like, well, sis, Maddie is depressed. And my mom was also under a lot of pressure then from work. She was, let's just say her boss was not the greatest human being. <laughs> so when she got at work, she kind of lashed out at home. So when my mom heard that, she was like, what do you mean you're depressed? You're fine. Nothing's wrong with you. You're okay. You're happy. You have two parents that love you. You're not from a broken family. You know, you're provided. You go to a good school. You're not hungry. Essentially, she's saying that I'm privileged. And because of that, I shouldn't be depressed. I shouldn't be uh, like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't want to end my life. And she told me that I'm just looking for attention. She said, you're just, yeah, you're just looking for attention. You're fine. Nothing's wrong with you. Ever since that day, I couldn't tell anyone how I feel exactly. I couldn't tell my mom how I exactly feel. I couldn't tell my dad how I exactly feel. If I'm sad, if I'm angry, if I'm lonely, I could never tell anyone. Even with Julio, it took me, it took me months to finally open up to him on how I feel if I'm angry or yeah, if I'm sad or if something is bothering me. And I could not look him in the eyes when I get confronted for anything. Like, let's say if, if I'm spiraling down and we have a conversation, I always thought that he's out to get me and that he's attacking me. I always thought that I'm, I'm just not safe anywhere. And it was because of what my mom told me when I was 15. And that carried on until 28 years old, 29 years old me. Because I finally, I'm finally able to tell my mom how I feel last year so yeah after talking to my therapist about all of this she mentioned i should talk to my younger self as a way of my healing journey as a way of my closure of this heavy chapter in my life that i should talk to my younger self at first i was like Duh, dude this is weird <laughs> i know some people talk to themselves i am not one to talk to myself not verbally sometimes i do but just in my head but not really verbally or not to a different version of me not to my younger self not to my future self like i i never I, i've never done that i've watched youtube videos of people doing that um they they would do interviews of their future self and when my therapist told me that i should write a letter to my younger self it took me a little bit i think until i was ready mentally and emotionally until i found my own peace until i found my own self-love that i was like i yeah i think i'm ready I'm ready to talk to my younger self. I'm ready to, I'm ready to apologize to her. One thing though that my, my therapist added was that I should, I should also add that I forgive myself. That is something that I'm still working on for there's a lot of things that I did in my life that I need to forgive. If that makes sense. I still don't know how on my last um, therapy session, I told my therapist, I don't know how to forgive with me the way I quote unquote forgive. I let the pain linger until 
I'm used to the pain and I forget about the pain or I didn't forget about the pain. I got used to the pain and so I learned to live with the pain. That's what I did, but it's not forgiving. So with um, the people in my past that have wronged me, it's the same thing. I don't ever know how to forgive. I just, I let it linger until I got used to the feeling. And for the longest time, I thought that was forgiving, but it's not until I have to do it to myself. That's when I realized that, you know, I, I don't know how to forgive. So yeah, that's one of the things that I need to work on. But yeah, I wanted to add that if you're dealing with, if you dealt with things like me, um, or if you had or have similar situations like me, take time and talk to your younger self. It was really, for me, it was really healing. I never thought that it would feel like that, but yeah, I actually felt, I felt good after. It was weird. <laughs> I mean, maybe, I'm, I don't know, like talking to my younger self for me, it was kind of odd, <laughs> but I also, as I was reading that letter, I kind of pictured myself sitting with my younger self in my family's apartment back home in Indonesia, in Jakarta. That's what went through my mind. I pictured us sitting with our cups of tea. It was evening time. Like in my mind, it was around like eight, nine o'clock in the evening. And it was just the two of us. I know this sounds super weird, but that's what I pictured when I was reading the letter. I think the reason why I picture that apartment instead of my family's house is because that apartment have seen a lot of me, have seen a lot of my emotions um, when I broke down, when I was hurting myself, when I was being reckless with myself, when I needed help. That's the place that I've seen it all. I have a strong connection with that place and I think it got a little bit easier after that. And even when I was writing the letter, that's what I that's what I thought of. Looking back of me reading that letter, not gonna lie, I thought, I really thought that I would not have as much composure. I mean, yeah, I did cry a little bit, but I really, I really thought I was I was gonna sob. <laughs> I really thought I was gonna be like a whole mess. I think it's because even while writing the letter, I was healing continuously. Really doing that, it was a form of self-love and it was something that I really needed to do. I think at first, part of the reason why I didn't wanna do it is because it reminded me of when I was actively in church in Indonesia. When my mom found out that I was cutting, she, she asked me all these questions. She thought I was doing drugs. <laughs> and someone else asked if i'm into like the vampire culture that i'm sucking my own blood <laughs> i yeah i have no idea but they thought that um but i couldn't talk to anyone else i asked to talk to my uncle he was a pastor in the church but even then i didn't talk to him i really didn't i asked him if i can write a letter instead so i wrote a letter i guess for me I'm not the greatest at writing, but because of what happened at 15, that's when I really, really, like, I just, I couldn't talk to anyone. Even if I tried to, the words will not come out. If anything, 
it'll only make me hyperventilate. <laughs> so I told my uncle, can I just write it down? And he was like, yep. As a matter of fact, he, you know, gave me paper, pen, and then he went back to work. It's like, not that he was ignoring me, but he just, he really gave me time. I feel like if that was my mom, she would sit there, watch me, watch me write, and make the whole situation worse. But no, my uncle was like, okay, yeah, just let me know when you're ready. Wrote the letter, he read the letter, and honestly, I don't remember what happened next. Between 17 until 25, I don't remember a bunch of things. Um, when I met Julio, obviously I remember that I, I think I was I was 21 years old when I met Julio. But then we got separated for about six months. And then again, uh, I was really depressed. And the people at the church made it seem like, I don't know, it was weird. Like they made it seem like that if they hang out with me, then whatever devils inside me would jump to them. They really made it seem like that. Nobody talked to me at church. Like I was by myself and I had to follow the pastor. And everyone was like, you just came back from a Bible school and then you did this, you did that. I don't know. It was just weird. You know, like I was depressed. I was self-destructing. I was doing all kinds of things to self-destruct and your take was that because I went to a bible school I should be happy <laughs> I should be okay I should be fixed and that was an issue that was a big issue for me for a great number of years but yeah like only until last year two years ago it was when I realized that I needed actual help instead of just floating there was a year though I was trying to look for a belief. I guess because I was used to going to church. I was used to having a religion. And then I didn't have a religion for some time. And then I kind of looked around. I was like, maybe this is what I need. Maybe I should start praying to this God. Maybe I should start looking at this religion. But I think it was just, it was something that I was used to. And then all of a sudden I didn't have a religion. Now I don't have a religion and I'm fine with it. And I think for the first time in my life, I've, I found who I am, you know, like, well, I guess not the first time in my life. For the first time in a very long time, I have found who I am without any organization, uh, without anyone making decisions for me. Uh, because I do feel like growing up, my parents made the decision for me who I have to believe, who I have to listen to, where I have to be. Like, I mean, obviously, like every Sunday I have to be in church. So yeah, like now I, I think I know who I am. And the way we're raising Zoe is that if she wants to find her own faith, then she can. If she wants to be a Christian without anyone shoving it down her throat, then she can. But we don't want her to shove any belief down other people's throat. If she wants to be a Buddhist, she can. If she wants to be Muslim, she can. Honestly, I, I really don't care. At the end of the day, all I care is that she treat people the way she wants to be treated. Um, she treat people with love, with kindness. I want her to love whoever she wants to love. That's the biggest thing for me. I don't care if it's a boy, a girl, non-binary. She can love whoever she wants to love because for me at the end of the day, love is love. So I guess as a closing, <laughs> I know this is like super chill. I don't know if you'll fall asleep to this or <laughs> as a closing, as always, 
be kind to yourself. It's okay if you make mistakes. What matters is that you fix that mistake or you grow out of it and you acknowledge that mistake and you move on from it. I'm still learning to do the same. I'm not perfect. I made a lot of mistakes in my life and every day I'm still working on fixing it. I'm still learning and growing and healing from the mistakes that I did in the past. I think having a mantra to hold on to is a good thing. My mantra has been, I don't have to be perfect. I can be good enough and that's okay. That has been my mantra for, I want to say, a little bit over a year now. And it's been working for me. I still sometimes in the back of my mind think that I should be the perfect wife, like Stafford wife types. Um, but I'm not. I have a bunch of flaws and I'm okay. It's okay that I'm not perfect. It's okay that I'm not always put together. It's still good enough and I'm good enough. I'm good enough for me. That's my biggest takeaway. You're good enough for you. You're lovable, you are worthy, and it's okay if you make mistakes. So yeah, that's it, Wild Babies. That is it for today's episode. I hope this episode brings you healing. It brings you a lot of insight. And thank you for being here. Jay and I will see you on the next episode. Bye. Today's affirmation. I feel all self-hatred melting away. I am letting go of judgment and criticism. Stay safe. Stay sexy. Wild baby. Oh, we're so cute. <laughs> you like your cupcakes and sprinkles? Yeah. That was a good cupcake. <laughs>